live now cool great we are live hi everyone and welcome to online events made simple after a week off i'm feeling refreshed excited to come back i'm Brianne, the marketing and events manager at event mind and today we're joined with the lovely rachel sheeran where it's looking a lot sunnier <laughs> How are you, Rachel? Would you like to introduce yourself? I am doing so well. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Hello, aloha from my home studio. I'm based here in Charlotte, North Carolina in the United States. And professionally, I'm a keynote speaker focused on burnout. And I'm also a hybrid event MC. Mm. And then personally, I'm a dog mom to this guy here in the background. This is Bricks for everybody watching. And um, yeah, I just... I just am really looking forward to spring and summer. I don't know about you, Rianne, yeah, but I am I so excited about sunnier days and warmer weather and the comeback that we're seeing of events. And I think honestly, the explosion of opportunity that's coming in the industry. Yeah, super, super excited. And it's so much sunnier where you are. I'm so jealous. We've had like some really nice sun in London, but it's definitely oh. not as sunny and warm as America, I don't think. Well, I'm going to send some vibes your way. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> it's so nice having you on today. So we had a week off of online events made simple, the podcast, which was really strange. And I felt like on a Wednesday, it's always my nice time to chat, to chat away to someone different. Yeah, so super excited to have you on. Um, so I guess, where do you fit within the event space? Everyone we have on the podcast, kind of falls within specialist in live events, virtual events, hybrid, whereabouts do you fall? Because I know you kind of do a bit of everything within the industry. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what stage in my career we were going to talk about. I mean, I have a background originally in catering and special events. So I came yeah. up through the social and corporate market um, with a background in catering. And, you know, when I like to say retired from catering, when I retired <laughs> from catering, um, I was doing a lot of off-prem catering work. Um, and I was the director of sales. I, I loved what I did for a very, very long time. I loved my clients. I loved my team and I definitely love the industry. I mean, you know, I'm a big proponent of associations like NACE and ILEA and MPI and PCMA and all the other global associations that we have. But the long story short of it was I burned out and I burned out. I mean, like whoo, just crash and burn and flames and swear words. And just, <laughs> I mean, it was not pretty ran. And I have to tell you when I burned out, I took a serious look at myself and said, okay, what happened? Because I, I still maintain that events are the best industry in the entire world. Okay. I, loved, <laughs> I loved my clients. You know, I mean, I was working in catering too, which I don't know about you, but I have seen food transform people. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And frenemies to friends, enemies to at least, you know, like collaborators, mm -hmm. um, people that really liked each other already. I mean, they're like hugging and kissing by the end of it. It's great. <laughs> right? Good food changes everything. And so, you know, I started to explore like what happened and that's when I discovered that I'd really burned out. And that's where I really flipped the script after about a year sabbatical and saying, you know, um, okay, wh what happened, uh, working a lot on myself, going to therapy weekly, um, and really just being honest with myself and saying, I burned out. Um, here's where I got lost along the way and starting to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with other people. And I realized in the whispers of the industry, um, starting with the people that I knew the, the whispers of, oh yeah, 
I'm burned out too. Oh yeah. That's happened to me too. And I started to realize it was an elephant in the room. Now, mind you, this is four, four years ago at this point, four or five years ago. And I started to wonder what is it about our industry specifically? Yeah. We're just not okay. Talking about like struggling or, um, you know, not loving what we're doing anymore or changing our identities and what we're doing. And anyway, the long story short is now I'm on the opposite side. I was, you know, I'd I'd like to think, you know, I was on the catering side. Now Mm -hmm. I'm on the event performer side or the supplier side where I'm still part of, you know, associations, annual meetings, conferences, things like that. And I do a small bit of training um, for um, CVBs or uh, visitors bureaus, things like that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really helping. Honestly, you know, I'm on a mission really to help people that love their work, stay in love with their work and work with teams that they love for people. They love for places and companies, organizations, clients, um, municipalities that they love. And that's to me really important. So I work, do work um, on a small training scale with some CVBs so that we can keep great event and hospitality professionals, um, doing the work so that we can Mm -hmm. keep attracting, great events, great programs, great groups, um, to our areas, but you know, 90% of my business, you'll catch me on the keynote and MC stage. Yeah, definitely on LinkedIn, very active with your keynote, which is amazing. I think it's super exciting, but burnout, we were just saying before we went live for people listening, burnout is so real. I think everyone has either gone through it, won't admit to going through it or know someone who's gone through it, especially this past year when working from home, you tend to work longer hours. I mean, it's so difficult. And like you said, I think the events industry is known to be one of the most stressful and I completely agree. I think it is one of the most stressful, but so, so worth it. So it's definitely knowing how to kind of deal with it. Um, For people listening, probably event organizers that might be going through burnout right now, stressing themselves out about, you know, should they go virtual? Should they go back to live? What should they do? What advice would you have for people who are burning out? I know it seems as simple as just have a day off or take some, take some break, but I know there's more to it than just that. Yeah. I, you know, this is such a good question because I wish it was as easy as like going to get a pedicure or having a bottle of wine or like six margaritas, which by the way, I've tried all of those solutions for everyone (laughs) and it has not worked. Um, I mean, it's worked for a minute, but I think, you know, one of the things that I found really helpful through, you know, the research that I've done through, you know, at this point, the thousands um, of performances I've given and just the people I've talked to, you know, the folks coming up hugging afterwards or calling or yeah. emailing is I think one of the keys is you have to identify what's burning you out. To me, it starts with, is it your clients and the people that you serve are burning you out? Is it the people that, you know, you're, um, is it the people that you're trusting? Is it your, you know, your team members, your leaders? Is it your personal family, right? They can, they can burn you out. I mean, we all have family members that feel like a job right? Yeah. <laughs> so call it what it is. Right. And that's the funny thing about burnout is burnout's very work specific. It's not, yeah. you know, it's not um, so much like, Oh, things are not going well in my personal life. No, this is burnout is specifically aimed at high performers that crush it. Just like you that absolutely yeah. crush it at their job. And it's not the fact that you're not successful. That's, you know, you are successful. It's yeah. the fact that you get success and you don't exactly love it. So you have to figure out what exactly is not going well, or, or that's grinding you down. And I think the third option that I found is that sometimes burnout happens because the success that we have and the success that we really want, the person that we're being, the person that we really are, they're different things. 
Yeah. And to me, that's always a very eyes wide open conversation that you get to have with yourself. And I mean, that might really require a cocktail to talk more about, but I would say, you know, there's power in looking at the monster under the bed. What is burning you out? What is grinding mm -hmm. your gears? And then taking some ownership on saying, okay, how can I soften this? How can I mitigate the impact of this? Like, for example, I hear all the time, you know, oh, my clients, my clients, my clients. Okay set an expectation or a boundary with them. Yeah. I, you know, if your clients are calling you all hours of the night, first of all, turn off your phone and update your voicemail to say, I work between the hours of yeah. 9 a.m., 5 p.m. and put your um, time zone there. And, and if that's you so simple as well, isn't it? I think it's something you just forget to do. Like, I know um, people who I've emailed have said like um, a nice response back saying, I will only check this during my work times, which I think is a great idea because I don't have that. And I mean, my manager, Shanti knows if she's listening, I will check my emails throughout the night just because it's just your routine, isn't it? And that is obviously yeah. what leads to burnout. Well, and here's the thing. I think what's really cool and liberating and we have to keep in mind is what's going to burn you out isn't what's going to burn me yeah. out. So just because I don't set a boundary on my time, um, you know, to be honest, I'm a night owl. So mm. like I'll work when you're getting up in the morning and yeah. we are, <laughs> what are we? We're like five or six hours apart yeah. because you're, um, you're, where are you based out of? London. So yeah. we're BFTs. I believe you're five hours behind. Also. Yeah. We're in Eastern <laughs> time. Yeah. So like you might be up in the morning and I'm still like, Ooh, I'm in the flow. You know yeah. what I mean? So it, but it doesn't bug me. Um, but the opposite side is really true. Like, um, people closest to me or people that I trust, like those folks are more sensitive to burning me out. My clients less so, um, because I can, I tend to set stronger boundaries just naturally with them. Mm. Um, it's the people in my inner circles, um, that I notice will, will burn me out. And to me personally, I have to watch out for all the things I have to do yeah. or should do in my head. Yeah. I'm mostly the culprit of my own burnout. Yeah. Um, at least in the past. And I think I, at I, least you've noticed that as well. I think a lot of event organizers now, specifically the past year, have gone through so much strain and just tough decisions. I mean, yeah. as a um, an MC, a keynote, everything else, how have you found the past year, not just to do with burnout, but how have you found kind of adjusting, I guess. I know it's been a bit different in America with the restrictions and the rules, but how did you find it in terms of, yeah. I guess, adjusting your career? Yeah. You know, the funny thing, I think, um, funny is maybe not the right word, but I'll go with it for now. The funny thing about being in America um, is that it's been such a roller coaster. And, you know, your neighbors that you can kind of see across the state line can be totally different or people in different industries. Right, yeah. And yeah. So there's a lot of like survivor's guilt in some areas. I think there's a lot of like anger in others, you know, I mean, it's all across, it's all across the board, but I will say one of the things that, I mean, I know that is true is that I look at a lot of times challenges as what can you teach me? And yeah. I have to do that, honestly, Rian, because if I don't, then I'm going to be like so bitter Betty about it. Yeah. And I'm going to be like, this is really hard. And I'm exactly I'm the same. And I like, think, yeah, you always need to look at the positive side, which is sometimes so hard. Yeah. I think I'm getting better at that where, you know, something's bad. There's always something on the other side or there's always something to learn, which I'm de definitely getting so much better at. Totally. Well, and you know, if you look at it as like a resume builder, if you look at it as an expertise mm -hmm. elevator, if you look at it as a confidence and competence builder, um, then all of a sudden that changed the way I viewed setting up my home studio that you see here. And by the way, this is like the fourth or fifth iteration of it. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
my husband, um, we call him King Sheeran on Instagram, but he has literally helped me move so many pieces of furniture and I've taken over like the, our whole house. We don't have a giant house, um, but it's made me think about buying a giant house one yeah. of these days. Um, <laughs> But I will say, you know, the other thing that it's really made me think about is like, you know, of course, like looking for the blissful challenge. Um, yeah. I'm going to be so grateful when something is easy again, because it hasn't been easy in a long time. Yeah. I think the other side too, and this is just for all event professionals as well, but I think we forget how much influence and sway we have over our clients yeah. we have over our whether it's an association board or staff or peers fellow vendors mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is 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 ran if we enjoy it if we like it our clients are going to like it yeah and that's where yeah. i've honestly i dove in like head first with virtual and uh digital events because i was like okay people need me. And the first like week or two of the pandemic, I was doing daily 30 minute webinars. I'd never done. I think I'd done maybe two webinars before in my entire life. Yeah. I didn't know, anything, <laughs> you know, but I'm saying, okay, how do we negotiate contracts? And this is all for hospitality and event pros. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm doing a virtual event. Oh, you know, yeah. we're going to need this. I'm thinking we'll be out of this in six weeks. I'm just trying to help, you know, my event pro friends that I see, like, we're all in the same boat. We're all getting tons That's, of reschedules. Yeah. So really and nice. now, yeah, now I think like, uh, you know, I think I'm doing, um, today with AFR and all seated, um, and you, this is event 143 and 144. That's um, yeah. And it's been, you know, so fun. The idea of like, oh my gosh, from here to there, like where's, where's the success and, you know, keynoting for 20,000 people and, you know, being, um, on site, I've done four in-person, um, virtual, uh, hybrid events, you know, where we have an in-person audience and a digital audience. Yes. I'm like, well, how do you, how do you wager that success? And I'm like, I've loved it. And people like pick up on that energy. I haven't even had coffee. Yeah, like, I was just saying before we went live, you real. look so much more awake than I I am. And it's what, quarter past two in the afternoon for us. But we were saying before this, I think the buzz of events, uh, again, going back to virtual events, I think the buzz of live events is really coming back. I can really sense it in so many people's LinkedIn posts, their videos, their chats. Everyone's almost fell back in love with the industry, which is what I love because I've got a live events background. Now I'm in virtual, I can really see you know, virtual is here to stay as a kind of, I guess, a side hustle. Um, how both. have you found found hybrid? Yeah, because I know that you've done a lot of hybrid work, should we say. How did you find that? Because I think people are still kind of, number one, unsure what it even is. <laughs> number yeah. two, how to host them successfully, because it is hard. Like your audiences are in two different places, which is so difficult, or probably more than two, actually, because they're going to be global. Um, and number three, how to actually engage the audience. I think it's still a bit of a tricky subject for everyone. That's a great. So I hear three questions in that. I think yeah. one's from like the event pro side. I think one's from like the event supplier, like a keynote yeah. or um, like a strategist side about engagement. Um, and then there was a third question, which now I've already forgotten. So engagement. let's take it from the, <laughs> like, well, I, I will say, you know, you were asking about like, you know, hybrid, is it, is it going to be popular, you know, um, also to how to find it to yeah. me, I think as event pros, we need to be some of the largest advocates very sincerely. Yeah. Um, again, what we like our clients will like, but saying, okay, what are the benefits of hybrid to me? 
equitable access. Tons of people who would not normally be able to attend these conferences will be. I think that it is increased sponsorship opportunity. If you're in, um, you know, an, uh, a market or an event that needs sponsorship or has that available done. Um, I also think too, it creates legacy opportunity so that, you know, on demand content, uh, replaying webinars, Q and a, all this kind of stuff. Um, I mean, continuing education credits, if that's something that's important. I mean, obviously it's, it's done right there. I mean, what's better than getting, for example, like CMP credits, you know, right now you're able to log on and view, you know, um, maybe recordings for CMP hours. Let's say it's 200 hours. Well, what if we had 2000 hours available? Then you could actually offer some very, very niche programming that could help people be the best, um, you know, certified meeting planner. But think about that on every single one of our clients. I I think that's, that's the potential of hybrid. We just have to really baby step folks and and our clients and lay it out for them. Wow. Look at these overwhelming benefits. Mm. And then the other side too, is we have to concierge them with great partners and really get to know, okay, who is it that if you love working with me, who will you love working with, right? If you love their style and energy, we also have to be real too. What is it that our clients really need? Do they want to run the show? Do they need showrunners? Do they need, um, do they want an all-in-one solution? Do they want, kind of like we were talking about, like virtual platforms right now, they can be a continental breakfast that is just like some danishes and coffee out on a buffet, or they can be a whole like interactive, like sushi buffet experience. Or as we were talking, they can be the lady- Yeah, they can be the lady with the champagne skirt, with the champagne flutes that is very pretty to look at, but doesn't move around that well. And you know what? For Carl Lagerfeld's foundation, um, where they're raising money for children, you know what? I don't think anybody needs to move around for Carl Lagerfeld's, which is, you know, I'm sure they have a foundation, but you know, like they don't need to move around. They just need it to look really hot. And I'm sure that platform is perfect for that. So I think having partners is key. I think for engagement side, that was uh, your second question. I think it's about strategy. It's about, I start as an MC. I think about what would I want? Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you need to do. Yeah. Right. Like Take well, it what do you person, want yeah. as an exactly. at home, like attendee, like what have you desired or longed for or really enjoyed through all of this? Has there been anything that you're like, oh, I love this. Do you know what? I actually recently went on a platform demonstration of a 3d platform. And I thought this was brilliant. Again, it's probably not for everyone, but I think it's really cool. And you have like an avatar, which again, it's not relevant for all kinds of events. But for me, I was like, this is great. It feels like I'm in the Sims. (laughs) So I think everyone has such different views, but I I love love that. And when you say like, I'm in the Sims, I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, the Sims. And so of like generational ages, that's going to be amazing. There's going to be other groups like the steel industry. They're going to be like, what are the Sims? You know, like obviously because you're an event pro, you know, your audiences, you know, the, the availability to me, one of the things about engagement, if I were to give like three quick takeaways, I think it's, you know, set up the before events way more as an MC, I do seven pre-event videos. One of them is like an overview and they're less than a minute each, but it's, you know, what's this event kind of a nuts and bolts thing. It's an introducing myself. 
Um, Hey, this is like, you know, this is because I need to answer people's questions. What is this? Who the hell is this person? Um, Why should I care? What's in it for me? Who's going to be there? Um, Is there anything cool, fun, unexpected? And like, oh, wait, when is this again? So these are kind of those videos I make to me. We need more. We need to date more before we marry our clients, like before we take them out on like the official date. Cause we only have like, we're basically 90 day fiance, like right now. And <laughs> That's a really great, great way of putting it though. Totally. We only have like one shot and I feel like we've gotten, I don't, I don't want to say that we've gotten comfortable, but I think hybrid is going to be another year of, oh my gosh, we're going to have to try a lot of new things again. And we can either look at this challenge as UG or yay. And I'm going with yay. So if if you're here to join me, yay. And (laughs) another way that we can really engage is to say, okay, you know what? Um, are we going to like, what analog things can we put back in? You know, like to me, one of the things that I love is I'll start a waterfall very early on in the chat with approval from my clients, but I'll be like, Hey, drop your LinkedIn in like, this is in the opening sesh before I have introduced anybody. I'm like, we want to keep, if it's a multi-day conference, we want to keep this going long past conference, go ahead and drop your LinkedIn in the chat. Let's get everybody connected way offline. And what's amazing is is, is that it allows the staff or, or the clients to get a full copy of all of their members, LinkedIn, yeah. so they can go add them afterwards. Beautiful Absolutely. connection. Yeah. Then it allows everyone attending the conference to connect with each other, like IRL internet-y, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're viewing from home, viewing from work or viewing from the ballroom, like you're all cross, like you know, cross, um, connecting, but the I've done that before is- as well. Like in events, I'm like, come and check me out. And the amount of people I've stayed in touch with. And I think it's great, it's which so you good. wouldn't do in a live event as such, because you know, I'm not, for example, we probably wouldn't have met if we were at a live event. No, we wouldn't have the, and- the location. I love that. And I just like to say the third part is, is this idea of, you know, let's make it analog. I have seen over 50 platforms at this point. I've known so many great production teams and I I've loved, and I could tell you what I love about some, what I think are strengths, what I think are challenges, all the kind of stuff, but I'll tell you dropping your link to your LinkedIn requires no knowledge of where to go to your profile, how to click on your settings, how to drop a business card online. It is analog. How can we make it easy for attendees? And that's, I think my biggest wish moving into hybrid events and just the next year, I I keep going back to how do we make it easy? Sometimes we give so many options. How do we make it easy? Show up as the expert for our clients, show up as the expert for the audience and say, do this. You're going to love it. You know, I think, and I think it's all trial, trial and error. I mean, I think so many people have just tried so much this year and that's the only way of knowing. And we've just had Carrie Abernathy say, hi team. That's a really good point, Rachel. Clients are different with different needs. And I think that's something you always need to remember as an event prof. I mean, especially if you're new in the industry, I think you can get so set in your way and think, you know, this person loved this thing, you know, our next client will love this. And it's, it's not the case. I think that's definitely something we found this year with virtual events specifically. Platforms are so different. Like you said, there's, there's definitely more platforms out there that are more fun, more creative, more engaging. And there's some out there that are literally suited 
for a conference, uh, a sit down conference, and that's it, which I think is fine because everyone has such different needs. Totally. Um, One person's cool is another person's, how the heck does this work? Yeah. And you're exactly. just spending all your time, like in customer service, being like, just click on the X, and nobody, nobody likes that, you yeah. know? Exactly. And what new standards do you think is out there from, I guess, a keynote point of view? I think it's definitely changed in the past year how you've been working online, now probably going back to live. What standards do you think is out there now? And do you think your career's got a bit more difficult or do you think you're going to stick to virtual? I absolutely love um, virtual and digital events. And I'll tell you why it really is. It's it's part of the equity for me. I think it is, you know, um, some of the groups that I've been able to speak to, um, you know, through this pandemic, um, you know, one comes to mind. It was a, a large corporation and it was their frontline truck drivers that I had Ooh, the pleasure of speaking yeah. to. Yeah. And so you would think about truck drivers and I have to tell you the emails and the chat that I got from um, this particular group, it was about 700 of them. First of all, they'd never heard a professional speaker. Um, it was a program about motivation and about having a positive mindset and how they could influence themselves. And it was really focused on their, like their work, but also their family life. Cause I speak to the person first and the professional second yeah. and to, to hear, you know, some of the things I got back from them were that I got this one email um, from this gentleman and he said that, um, you know, he, he shared a personal story and he thanked me for my time. And then he said that I should know that, um, he was going to be praying for me and my family That's because so I was sweet. doing like God's work. And he felt like I was an angel to him through this time. And you're like, like, oh my gosh, like, Yes. Like I, I think that's, that's one of the things that I just, I really love. I also just want to say out loud too, you know, I think it's nice to be watching things on demand. Um, you know, also too, you know, I'm a massive extrovert. So conferences are like, ah, I love this. like, yeah. like yeah. I am like the hugger down the hallway. Like you see me coming and people are like, <laughs> you know, or they're yeah. like, you know, um, for introverts, I just want to say, I think virtual and hybrid gives a really cool alternative. If, if conferences are something yeah. that drains you, you know, you don't have to be everywhere all the time and, you know, feel like you miss, if you want to watch from your hotel room and, and go back and forth, I just think it's, I think done well, it's really cool. But from a keynote inside, I will just say, I really hope that this is a death to working with people who are egotistical, who are, <laughs> who are difficult to work with. You know, I, I've known, honestly, I've been surprised to see a lot of speakers um, who are, I would call them famous and very, very good, um, very good speakers. I'm surprised at how much they maybe checked out with virtual, how yeah. it does not it, it doesn't really go across screens um, really yeah. well. And I do think it goes back to people can tell whether you're faking it. I mean, yeah, we know whether <laughs> we're faking it. Yeah. Um, but I think people can tell it. And I also think too, I think, and this is something I is just really refreshing. I'm thrilled for when I first, um, realized I wanted to be a motivational speaker and, and be on stage and, and stuff and an MC, I was a little bummed to be quite honest, because mm -hmm. I was like, Oh God, one of those corny people. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> so, such a bummer. And then I had to challenge myself and I said, okay, well, what, what is it that I'll do differently? Like, why do I not like this? And what I started to realize was I felt like a lot of speakers are very disingenuous. Uh, they yeah. either like say the same can thing or they're lying. Like I've seen so many speakers that will talk about being kind on stage 
stage and yell at the banquet server in the green room. And, and you that hear that so much with like influencers and like celebrities, or like on stage, online, they are so nice. And you hear like they're horrible. <laughs> yeah. And to me, and this really does motivate me as corny as it sounds, but if I want the change, I have to be the change. And I'm somebody that like, when I go to stay at a hotel, I still take the little bottle of shampoo and conditioner and lotion because I'm like, look I, at how nice this is. I'm staying at like such a nice place because I really do feel so incredibly blessed. And like, I feel so incredibly thankful. And I think that's one of the cool things is that there has been such a, a push towards sincerity and authenticity. I think yeah. you can smell the BS. I think there's also been a, a really great push towards more diverse uh, voices on stage, more women, more body diversity, more um, black people and indigenous folks and Latinx folks and um, non-binary people and persons. And personally, that is, you know, all that I refer are folks um, that just have very distinct, very fresh, very authentic voices. And it's been such a pleasure to see. I feel like a lot of us um, rise and yeah. take up a little bit more space in the world, which I think get better the more yeah. we share, you know, because Definitely. we're having this conversation right now. Like that means somebody watching might be like, you know what? I want to do that. I want to work for a virtual event platform. I want to have my own weekly show um, like you. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I know you touched on the on-demand thing. And I think on-demand access is so great. I mean, if you think of it, it's literally like if you watch TV and you've missed an episode of The Real Housewives, <laughs> and you could just watch on-demand. Like, I think it's so great, which is something we don't get with live events. But, you know, I think we can expect to see new recordings in the live live space um because I think so many people just like this podcast a lot of people the majority of our audience probably do watch on demand and we get so much engagement post event I guess so to call mm -hmm. it so I think on demand access is also so great and also also for the keynote as well like you're constantly getting I guess just engagement and awareness made and I will say, you know, um, some of my packages for keynoting, depending on the client's preference, I will do a whole AV run through that records multi camera. And that'll be actually the pre-recorded um, or the hybrid um, streaming version of the keynote so that I'm constantly like making eye contact with the camera. And then of course, you know, like the live stream will still be live in front of the audience and stuff, but so that we have like a recording that we can edit in and have like more of a, like a permanent um, or a audience um, focused recording of it. Yeah. That's something I think we're going to see more of. I think we're going to see more, um, you know, I like to play a lot with creative angles. I've done mm. keynotes from my living room floor or opening up my freezer and looking <laughs> in. So I like to play with that stuff. That stuff yeah. you can't do from a stage only so because of pre-recorded, can we? So yeah, I agree no. with you. Super, super good point. And we've hit the 30 minute mark. It goes so quickly every oh week. I check the camera and I'm at no. the camera at the time. And I'm like, oh my goodness. We need um, more cocktails next time. What yes, happens? absolutely. It's been so nice speaking, Rachel. I'm sure people will want to reach out. Um, how can they come and find you if they want some information, some advice, or just want to find out more about your keynote? Totally. Um, I I do hang out a lot on LinkedIn, so it's Rachel Sheeran on there. I'm not related to Ed Sheeran. That is a common yeah. question. <laughs> um, but it's Rachel Sheeran on there. And then, you know, rachelsheeran.com is where you can uh, find out more about my podcast, which is weekly. F this S is the name of that. Um, my forthcoming book, of the same title. And I send out a weekly newsletter, which is half diary, half motivation and burnout prevention. All of that's on my website, rachelsharon.com. Ah, 
have. I'm sure people would love to reach out. Um, and mm -hmm. if you have enjoyed this week's episode, then do let us know. It'll be available on Spotify from tomorrow. And also we mentioned Bernard. I'll just quickly pop this in here. We are actually organizing a corporate wellbeing event, which part of it is focused on burnout because we've mentioned it. So many people are struggling with it. So yeah, if you'd like to check it out, it's called Wellness Engaged on LinkedIn. Come and give us a follow and me a message if you'd like to attend um and i'll see you all next wednesday you rock thank you so much see y'all